I'm Courtney and I'm Anna and we are here to share a lot of thoughts about a lot of things um, I am 27 I have a husband and I have a son um, I've been married five and a half years I should be able to respond faster than that uh, five and a half years and my son is almost two and um, we lead a busy life I work part-time well I worked full-time but part-time outside of the home um, and besides that I feel like am I supposed to say what do I do that's unique I read <laughs> I read really well and I watch Disney Plus <laughs> okay, Anna. okay I am Anna and I have been married for almost six years too I actually got married three weeks after Courtney did what Courtney didn't tell you she's married to my brother so we're oh, sister-in-laws. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's an important fact. That's why we know each other. Um, I have two children, one little girl who is getting close to five, and a little boy who is four months younger than Courtney's son, so he is about 18 months right now. And I am a full stay-at-home mom, and I can't think of much that I do that's exciting other than chase them around and... Do healthy stuff. You're healthy. I try to do healthy stuff. I'm really bad at the healthy stuff. I like doing it. It's but, like, you know, fun for me to do that. Yeah. I do like to read too, though I don't do as much of it as I should because there is Hulu and Disney Plus out there. Yes. It steals my time. And they can you can download the episode. Okay, it doesn't steal my time. I offer it up willingly. Paul and I last night, um, we were like, we have to watch something. So we ended up watching this show. It, it was on Disney Plus, and we watched. It was all about Imagineering, and they were setting up Disney, and we were like just watching it to have something on while we both played Settlers of Catan yeah, on our separate yeah. devices. That's where and we're then at. We, were, we were really into it then. <laughs> we were like, oh, yeah, which is how it goes. Um, so I think for this first episode, uh, we're just gonna kind of. Ooh, my computer made a noise. I don't know if I should sh shut that off because of the microphone, but um, we're going to share a little bit about who we are and um, why we're doing this uh, because there's a lot of podcasts out there. And when this idea kind of came to us, we were one of the first questions I had was like, why? Why would we do this when there are so many great people? We're um, going to mention some. Um, later but when when you look at it there's so many great people so who are why? better than us yes oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> a lot better they have degrees or um like a lot more kids if it's sure. coming to parenting experience yeah. um they've read the bible more times than us sure i've read the bible not even once all the way through we're are getting you, there are you there no too? no we're we're literally the same place yes. because of the bible reading challenge yes. we're on the same track to finish at the yeah. same time. So it's it's kind of, we're learning a lot of things. Um, and we're, we've kind of been on the same track this whole time. Like we both came to a lot of the same realizations and our testimonies are pretty similar. Um, so we just wanted to share about that. And especially because we know we're gonna have some people, um, shout out to those people who know us in person, um, who are just, like, we know. You're listening because you're like, what are they going to say? <laughs> Which is totally cool. We're 
Like, and I just have to say I'm more nervous about you listening than total strangers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whoever you are, know that I am way more nervous that you're listening to this podcast than total strangers. <laughs> Please don't make us cry by telling <laughs> us that you hate our voices. I hate my voices. Anyway. Um, so, but also, um, jump in anytime. I'm just going through. No, go ahead. Um, go ahead. So, the other thing that we think is so important is... If you know us personally, especially, you know that we've said a lot of um, quote-unquote controversial things over the past um, probably six months. We've been very vocal about some things, and so we want to um, make sure that we are biblically defending what we're saying. So instead of just throwing something out there like, this is not biblical or that's not biblical, we want to give the scripture behind it. Um, Do you want to talk about the guests? And we will have guests on every once in a while because there are people out there who are a lot wiser than us, farther along um, with their walk with Christ or mothering or, I mean, we'll even have pastors or definitely one pastor on. (laughs) But um, I'm really excited to have guests for sure. Absolutely. Um, So I guess we'll just jump right in. I'm going to share my testimony first. And just a reminder that anything that we say and talk about in any of the episodes, it's really new to us. Um, And a lot of it came out of some rough moments of discipling, whether it was from people that we saw in person or through podcasts or through books, which I totally think are um, important. And I am on the wrong notes. (laughs) I was on the notes for our second episode, so... But that's okay because that's still important. Um, So I grew up in the church. I um, professed Christ when I was seven. I'm stealing that wording from you, Anna, because you explained it really well. So you should explain that whenever you're sharing your testimony. Um, But I professed Christ when I was seven, went into a room with my mom and was like, Mom, and like, what does this mean? And she shared with me and... I said the prayer, Um, but I would say after that, that's kind of where the realness of it all ended, meaning that I, um, I was very smart. I was very intellectual about God and the Bible. I went to a Christian school from grades three through eight, and I, or nine, nine, um I could spit out scripture I memorized the Easter story memorized the Christmas story I can probably still recite most of it to this day um and I I just got really good at answering the questions I remember feeling very proud of myself when my dad would point out that Courtney knows more about the Bible than I do and my dad was like in seminary at the time so I felt really cool and um I really honest to goodness thought I was saved like I I thought I was following Christ because I showed up to church, I um, knew all the answers, and I was, I directed VBS, I was a Sunday school teacher, I was very vocal about my thoughts for everything, um, and I, I played the piano for church, and yet I consistently struggled with sin. And I consistently struggled with looking at people, um, 
older Christians in our church and saying, how can they read the Bible? Like, how can they do that? So I want to read a um, bit of scripture that just really, really struck me. Um, And I want you to consider everything that I'm going to talk about next in light of this. In Matthew 7, 15 through 23, it says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn brushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. And then this part really sticks out to me. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of, workers of lawlessness. So I'll come to back to that in just a second um, because I'm going to go back to 26 years old um, and I'm not reading my Bible, not praying. Praying. Um, I'm basically a jerk at home. I mean, I was terrible to my husband. I had just become a mom and spent most of my days in tears. Um, I did deal with postpartum, but I like reveled in the fact that I was dealing with postpartum because it gave me a reason to act like a jerk. And um, I acted like my son had ruined my life. <laughs> Like, he was the worst thing that ever happened to me because suddenly I couldn't be selfish anymore. Um, I was confused by my own behavior, I'm going to say, because I knew, like, you would hear in church. I say I would hear in church. I never listened in church. (laughs) Never. But I would hear, I guess, in Sunday school all these things about, well, um, the Holy Spirit convicts you, and I, I just didn't get how I could consistently fall back into these terrible attitudes if I had the Holy Spirit. And um, I know that that sounds a little weird because as Christians, it's not like we um, become a Christian and then you're perfect for the rest of your life. <laughs> That's not it. But um, my question was, why was I going willingly towards sin without anything stopping me? There was no hesitation, and it was a part of my daily life. I didn't blink about it at all. I didn't feel any guilt before I disrespected my husband, but afterwards I would come to him crying, saying, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Um, and then I had always heard 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he'll also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. And I would look at that and be like, I don't have, I, how am I going to get out of this? I, I can't look past the sin. I can't move past the sin. I keep falling into it. And I, I was confused, but I didn't really care. Um, so I found a book called Girl, Wash Your Face, and no, I did not read it, but I realized it was published by a Christian publisher and was like, oh, this book looks terrible. (laughs) And I work in a bookstore, so it's important for me to know how to tell people what books are terrible, don't you know? Um, I ended up getting really legalistic about it, which I don't suggest that book at all, but I was not handling it in a biblical way. I found an Instagram account of someone who 
explain the danger of it. And I got super excited because all of a sudden she gave me more reasons to sound really Christian. Um, and I started following her intensely. I started looking at her book recommendations and she recommended a book called Women of the Word by Jen Wilkin. And that book has honestly changed my life. Um, I have to say, I don't always agree with Jen Wilkin, but that book is a practical way to pick up the Bible. And Anna and I both like recommend that book, highly recommend it. Um, I started reading that book and I read through it super slow. I told my husband that I was going to read one chapter a day. I am very much into running headfirst into something, getting overwhelmed, and then just stopping. So instead of that, I decided to take it slow and I, um, I, I read it and loved it and I suddenly could see what was wrong with the way that I had approached God my whole life um, and why I didn't have the love of scripture that's called for in Psalm 119. Now that whole chapter is great, but um, here's just verses 20 to 21. My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. You rebuke the insolent, accursed ones who wander from your commandments. And I like, I, I mean, just come on. That's, that's a strong, strong bit of scripture. So, um, I started going through it slowly. I enjoyed it and I started following her guidelines. I printed out Mark and I started to read through Mark so slowly. Um, I would get up at 6 or 6.30 a.m. just to read that one chapter so slowly. And I cannot explain the way I hungered for the Word of God. Like never before, um, I suddenly understood what all these people um, had been talking about my whole life. And my whole self changed, meaning I stopped being a terror at home. I immediately started saying sorry to Paul when I made mistakes versus manipulating him into saying he was sorry. Uh, there was one moment in particular where I honest to goodness forgot something. I um, and I, he called me kind of frustrated. It was my fault, but it was a mistake. And I said I'm so sorry. And I remember him responding something to the effect of. Um, don't make yourself a martyr and push this on me. And I remember thinking like, that is exactly what I needed to be told, but I'm actually sorry this time. And I think it like blew him away and it wasn't me, it was the Holy Spirit and the Lord stopping me from falling back into the sin of manipulation. Um, and so let's flash forward a few months and I, got my church, I or I got my church, I did not, I talked to my pastor, <laughs> let's go over that, um, I talked to my pastor and we decided to um, join Rachel Jankovic's church in reading the New Testament over the summer, we'll talk about that a little bit more later, um, and as I was reading 1 John, um, I got super convicted, so in 1 John 1, 6, it says, if we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth, so I went back to my original questions, like, um, how could I choose to live in sin when the Holy Spirit's convicting me? And I had honestly changed so much at that point. And people who don't even live with me were noticing, which was just insane. Um, and I know that the only way a heart like mine could have changed was through the Lord. And 
when I read First John, I, it hit me. Like, I knew I couldn't have been living in the light. So instead of getting excited and telling people that I had been changed so drastically, I just kind of started being vague about where I had been and where I was. And um, I kind of said I just didn't want to think about the past and where I would have been if I had died before that. Like, I didn't want to think about it. And um, I just want to say here, like, this wasn't a perfect time. I went through probably a month of not reading my Bible, and Paul, my husband, noticed so quickly that he um, bribed me to get back in the Bible, which sounds terrible, but I was feeling convicted, and he was like, I'll buy this for you if you read, and I did. I got caught up. Um, that sounds terrible, but all to say, it's not super, super sweet the whole time, um, and I think the biggest difference is you need to have people who are going to call you out on that. Um, and I wasn't sleeping well during those times. I was super grumpy. So you could you could tell that I wasn't reading. Um, and then flash forward again to, was that August when revival happened at my church? We go to different churches. but I think so. I think it was in August. We had revival and I was supposed to miss the last night. And I, I ended up being able to come and I sped in. And I remember... Um, the pastor was talking through Matthew Matthew 7, um, which is what I read at the beginning. And he said, On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And he preached on examining ourselves, and he called out people who think that message is not for them. And I remember just getting so teary-eyed. My husband had tried to talk me into getting baptized actually a couple days before, and I had laughed. But in that moment, I turned to him and I said, I need to get baptized because I need to share with people the change in my life um, and I need to let go of my pride and stop trying to take glory because I, well, I started reading my Bible. No, the Lord changed me. And yes, absolutely, reading the Bible helped with that, um, brought me to God for the first time for real, but um I was tired of taking away from the glory of God. And I, I mean, I got saved when I was seven, but I really never had that heart changed. And suddenly I wanted to share with people because I know that there are people in my life who really need to read Matthew 7 and just examine themselves. Um, and so that Sunday I got baptized and um, I publicly declared that God had changed my life forever. Um, and that brings me to here and Anna. It's your turn. All right. Um, I grew up in church. My dad was the pastor, um, is the pastor, is the pastor Courtney's talking about, her father-in-law. Um, so I grew up in church and I definitely heard the gospel. My dad um, was not one to make the gospel hard to understand. He preached it as it was, made it very clear. There was no question of whether or not I heard the gospel. I did hear the gospel. And when I was, I think I was like eight years old, um, I professed Christ and I professed to know the gospel because logically I did understand it but 
um, I did not have faith, and it was more of a, I understand what this means, and I agree with it, so now I'm professing Christ. But there was, it was, it was more of just praying a prayer, and there wasn't a heart change or repentance, kind of like Courtney's as well her testimony and I profess Christ but continue to show no fruit and in Colossians 1:10, it says so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord fully pleasing to him bearing fruit and every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God and then Galatians 5:22 through 23 talks about the fruits of the spirits and um the spirit and that you will know you know who is God's disciple by the fruit. Um, John 15, 4, 5 says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So God is saying you will know his followers and his disciples by the fruit that they bear. And there was not fruit in my life. (laughs) Do do you think that insert my question here do you think other people would have said that um probably the people closest to me I mean I was like my mom and dad probably could they saw they were with me during a a sin pattern that started in childhood I don't know if they would have said I was not saved um I was a very compassionate kid um I tended to go out of my way to serve people it was not perfect I was still a child so I don't know I guess maybe some people could have looked at that and been like oh she's saved I think the majority of people who knew me thought I was saved mm-hmm. whether it was because I was the pastor's daughter or I did a few good things in light of everybody like they could all see what I was doing I did sing on the praise team um so I do think most people thought I was saved Mm -hmm. um in the bottom of my heart though and this is this is where this verse comes in Romans 118 and it's just talking about that um men know who God is that 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 in the bottom of your heart, even atheists, everybody knows who God is and that we suppress the truth by unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. And so in my life, that was definitely what I was doing. I mean, the word of God rings true in that area of my life where I was just sinning it up. And it was, we talk about the sins, Courtney and I often, the sins that we practiced, the sin that was um, not not the sin of someone who is in Christ who who maybe stumbles into sin and has to um, you know ask for forgiveness from God and the Holy Spirit convicts them and it, it was not that it was a, a choosing to sin a being held down by sin I mean there was no escape from it I tried I even had moral conviction about this sin I was doing because even the world would have looked at the sin I was committing and would say that's wrong so there was a moral conviction going on I definitely felt bad and shed tears my parents knew about it um and it was a sin that I practiced and struggled with since childhood and like sins do they grow up with you you can't just shake them off once you become an adult so that sin grew up with me and I was very uncomfortable 
in church. (laughs) If there was a sermon going on that was talking about sin and practicing sin and and how like in the verse um first john 3 9 no one born of god makes a practice of sinning for god's seed abides in him and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of god i've heard that preached and when i when i did hear that preach it made me extremely uncomfortable and i think it's because in some sense i knew um unlike Courtney, actually, I did not, I was not sure of my salvation. I was very rarely sure of my salvation. And if ever there was moments that I was sure of my salvation, it was only because I was living a work-based life and that made me feel good. Um, So I hardened my heart and I um, went on to just try to find anything that I could delight myself in so by that I mean health and fitness and taking that to an unhealthy level and just trying to find something of worth because it's really exhausting um, as a as a human when we are created to worship Christ and we are not saved or we are not in unity with him we still have that desire in us to delight in something and so a lot of people who are not saved and exactly what i was doing was going out and trying so hard to find things to delight in but they always ended up becoming more of a burden and not actually anything that made me happy including health and fitness um it includes you know when i got married and i thought my husband was just all that and a bag of chips and he was the most romantic man in the world and then you know the one month he didn't bring me flowers it was like well this isn't gonna work and so we had it we ended up having a baby and I was like okay this is it like this is it I will delight myself in motherhood this is my calling this is what's gonna fulfill me and obviously if you've ever had kids even if you have it you can look in and know that that just doesn't pan out it's too much pressure on your children and it just it didn't work it didn't fulfill Mm -hmm. anyway let me get back (laughs) courtney um gave me women of the word and really bugged me to read it forced forced Forced. i mean i had it for a couple weeks and i was just like hadn't read it and hadn't read it and um then i finally picked it up and started reading it and i actually read it pretty fast and i didn't finish women of the word before I picked up the Bible. I don't know if I told you that, but I was like, okay, this is it. This is the time I'm going to read the Bible and become consistent. And so I picked up the Bible and I started reading through Genesis. And I think I read Genesis within like three days because I was like, I'm going to like, I'm really going to read this. And I continued reading um, through the Bible a little bit. I think I got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. I think I got in Leviticus. And then we started the Bible reading challenge and started in the New Testament. And um, when I started reading through the New Testament... I can't see this is the thing I can't even tell you what scripture is the one that changed my heart or, or what moment it was that I was mm-hmm. reading through this specific moment and my heart changed but there was a heart change during that time it was sometime in April and all of a sudden I just there was just such a a difference in my desire to read the word and um and 
just to throw this in here, I know your dad said, oh, it was probably two sermons ago. I don't know. I pay attention, but I can't separate the days. He talked about how we put such an emphasis on the date yeah. of salvation. And that's totally cool if you know that there's nothing wrong with that. But um, if that is your emphasis, if you're, um, if you can't, walk through the Christian life without being, well, I got saved on January 5th. I mean, I think your eyes are focused the wrong way. And I think we actually teach people um, to focus the wrong way because sure. then, I mean, I know the first time it was a Sunday afternoon when I talked to my mom, but now this last time I can't recall. And mm-hmm. it's almost like we're trained to think like, well, then nothing happened because yeah. you didn't have some big... Like, the Lord didn't shine his light on you yeah. <laughs> proclaim it out loud. Yes. So, I think that's important yes. to note. So, I started reading the Bible, and the verse that I found that kind of helped me to put it in perspective was Romans ten seventeen. And this is just a part of a, this is, I took this verse, but the verses before it is talking about people preaching the word and doers of the word and bringers of the word. And it says, um, Romans ten seventeen. so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And it was not that I had not heard the word. Um, I had heard the word before, but this was, this was God's time for me. This was God's, he opened my eyes and opened my ears that could not hear. And um, by reading his word, it changed my heart. And there were many moments, it's funny because there wasn't one specific moment that I could remember getting on my knees and weeping over my sin in my living room. There was more than one moment. It was this Mm -hmm. season of life. It was probably three to four weeks where I was just like, I would remember something that I just, I was like, this was so sinful against God. And I would get, like, sit in on my living room floor and just pray for forgiveness and weep about that sin. And that, it was my confession and, and sin, not sin, it was my confession of sin that I had sinned against the holy God and it was grieving me. And it had never grieved me before. Mm-hmm. And the one specific sin that I was practicing um, was gone. It, it wasn't, I wasn't tempted in that area. And I won't go into detail about what it was because I don't think it's necessarily important. But it was something that I was knee deep in. It was not something that I could stop. Um, I tried. <laughs> I tried so hard to stop and um, because morally it was wrong and I was morally convicted about it before. But this was different because now that sin wasn't tempting. It was so disgusting to me. Just looking at that sin and just um, it was not something I wanted. It was not something I craved. It was just, I was done with it. Now, I'm not saying that when you become saved, all of a sudden all sin is just not tempting to you but this is this is different this is the sin that i was chained up in this is the sin that i was practicing and um god in his grace removed it from me and even if a thought comes into my head about it and not so much a temptation but a thought to maybe do that again it's so easy for me to say absolutely not no way be far from me, Satan. Like, that has been the line I've used out loud. Be far from me, Satan, when the thought did come into my head. So that was the transformation. That was my, that was, 
how I came into saving faith was by reading God's word and reading the New Testament. And now, um, I am still reading the Bible. I sometimes, like I have gone through seasons too where I didn't read the Bible. And what's funny with that is the difference between not reading the Bible as a saved Mm -hmm. person and reading the Bible as a saved person is before it didn't bother me and it Mm -hmm. didn't change my behavior. Now it immediately bothers me. Like there won't be an hour that goes by in the day that I thought I haven't read my Bible if I'm choosing not to. And my behavior immediately starts to shift in not a good way Mm -hmm. because that's how much effect God's word has on me now, whereas before it it did not have Mm -hmm. any effect on me or very little. And so now um, just a baby Christian seeking truth, looking to um, defend the word of God and that's partly what this podcast is and I know I kind of jumbled all over there when I start to get really passionate about something it's hard for me to stay on the straight and narrow so if I miss anything ask me a question and I'll answer it I think you did great and I actually I want to share a little bit from first John because we have a few recommendations of things that um, obviously we made some comments towards some things that we suggest Um, and in our next episode we're going to suggest a ton more Uh, But I wanted to share a couple um, pieces of scripture just from 1 John. So first suggestion, just read 1 John. Um, It's five chapters, and I mean time yourself while reading it and see how long that actually takes you. It is so worth it. Um, So at the end of 1 John, it's in uh, chapter 5, verses 13 through 15. says, um, I feel like I could quote, I could just like make a whole podcast episode (laughs) reading the book um, because it's so good. And hey, you can go on the YouVersion app and just click play and listen to it while you do dishes. That's what I do. Um, Starting in verse 13, it says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. The reason I read that is, um, actually, let me do my second recommendation here, (laughs) um, which is my pastor, Anna's father. Um, He has done... A lengthy sermon on First John, a sermon series on First John. I mean, I think we started. We were. I was trying to decide if it was like July or August. And you can go on our church Facebook page and listen through those. There may be like one that's not up, but I think all the others are up. Um, and that's if you go and search at Lake Wildwood Baptist on Facebook, you'll find that um, because he just breaks it down really well. Um, but he was talking about having assurance and confidence in our salvation and how you can have that. And I think both of us felt that, like, even though I thought I was saved, it wasn't like I really thought, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. There wasn't that deep. Yep. You look at all these people who are like, like, you look at like John Piper and you're like, sure. how does he know for sure? Yeah. And because they d- dedicate their whole lives. How do they know it's for sure for real? That sounded really stupid, for sure, for real. But um, And I want to read um, in the beginning of 1 John. I'm going to go back, and I'm going to start at verse 4. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Um, so he talks about, in the end, he talks about having assurance and knowing that you are going to have that eternal life. Um, he's writing to the people who believe in God. Um, 
and I feel like my pastor is going to be really proud, but this is after a church split, and John is writing to the people who are still in the church, <laughs> so I know the background really well. No, um, but he's writing to those people who are left after a church split, and he's saying, okay, to you who believe in God, this is your assurance that you have eternal life. And then at the beginning, he says, we're writing, we're writing these things so that our joy may be complete. So he's talking about whenever you have that assurance, you have that joy. Mm-hmm. And I think we both recognize yeah. that. And I think that that is possibly, possibly the key as to why we're so grumpy when mm-hmm. we're not in the Word. Because Absolutely. we're not redirecting ourselves to God which reminds us of our assurance of our hope in Christ it's just kind of a cycle but then I just want to keep reading this um, because if you don't read first John at least you have heard this here Um, the first five this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness we lie and do not practice the truth but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from sin Um, from all sin and I just I think that that's the biggest part you said the word practice Um, I use that word a lot now because I can see the difference between practice and practicing sin and like just you know you trip up and you say something wrong and you have to confess that sin that is so different from practicing it yes and so I think what we want to say at the end of this is that we should all examine our salvation. Definitely. And and it's f- interesting because um, Courtney and I were reading, you know, all these scriptures at the same time because of the Bible reading challenge. And when we were reading through 1 John, I was sitting on my parents' back porch, and she came back there, and I had literally just, like, finished that Bible reading thing. She said something along the lines of, after reading First John, I'm not so sure I was saved. And I was literally thinking the same thing. Saved beforehand. And I looked at her and I was like, oh, like you you read my mind. Like you literally just read my mind. Um, and it's interesting how in retrospect you can look and see like, you can look back and see, okay, this is, we, we I can say in confidence, I won't speak for you, but I know you would say the same thing. I was not saved before that time. And reading scripture just sheds the light on that. And I remember telling my dad too, I was on the phone with him and it's funny because I wouldn't proclaim it. Cause like you said, it would, for me, it was a pride issue. I was embarrassed. I grew up in church. I told everybody I was a Christian. I mean, my husband married me thinking I was a Christian. I mean, there was going to be a little bit of embarrassment coming along with this. Um, But I do remember talking to my dad on the phone one Sunday afternoon when I had had a theological question. And so I called him, and we were talking about it. And then I told him, I said, Dad, I'm not so sure that before this Bible reading challenge and getting in the Word of God that I was saved— And he said something along the lines of, like, that does not surprise me, Anna, because he had seen the change. He had seen the change in my life. My mom had seen the change in my life. Um, My husband had seen the change in my life. I remember sitting at my parents' table um, after supper, and a couple of my siblings were sitting there, my mom and dad, and I was just telling them about the gospel as if they didn't know because I was so excited about it. I was like, y'all, 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 do you understand the gospel has nothing to do with us? Like, we can bring nothing to the table and that Christ did all of this for us. And they were all like, yeah, we know, Anna. (laughs) But I was so, it was so alive within me when it hadn't been before. Mm -hmm. And um, 
it's and it's it's not a fearful thing it's not that you should like live in fear because the thing is is that once you have that assurance the fear of that is gone and so yes i think you should be fearful if you are not if you are not in that place of assurance that it talks about in first john five um i just (laughs) that's you should be fearful but out of that fear is going to come God will reveal to you how to get rid of that fear. But I feel like the first step is almost to be fearful Sure, and it. revealing through his word, obviously. Yes. Like, that's that's how he reveals himself to us is through his word. And, and that's how we both became saved, was God revealing himself to us through his word, and it changed our hearts. Yeah, absolutely. And we both got baptized on the same day. Yeah, we did. We, uh, well, I don't know if you say it, but I say it all the time that we're sister twins because yes. we're sister-in-laws and we both got saved around the same time and God used the same things, which let's be honest, he uses the same things with everybody. It's the Bible, y'all. But the same book to get us in the Bible. And, and then, it's just, it's amazing. And our discipleship process has been the same because pretty much we haven't really minus like each other which i think that to some degree we can like help each other we um you know keep hold each other accountable but we haven't had i haven't had anyone necessarily sit down and be like can i disciple disciple discipleship you you. i have (laughs) i have talked to someone about being like a mentor to me but it just hasn't panned out and so we did a lot of that through podcasts and And reading yeah and so we would just go back and forth and suggest things yeah and not that that's a substitute for one-on-one discipleship i think Again, I won't speak for you, but I think you're on the same page that I'm still currently praying and yes. looking for someone to disciple yes, me. Yes, absolutely. Um, and we, one more thing that I want to suggest. Did you ever listen to the, the Nominal Christian episode by Women of the Table? Not yet. Okay, well. I binge listened a, to like four episodes yesterday, but it wasn't yes. that one. <laughs> this is a Courtney recommendation only. Anna has not approved this. So if you have complaints, come to me. No. Um, <laughs> so Women of the Table, I love their podcast. And they're so encouraging. And um, just in general, they don't have a bigger following. So like if you have questions, they're so happy to answer them. So um they're my favorites. I like Sheila Odens too. And we like Rachel Jenkins and, and Ali Beth Stucky. Like, okay. So Fan girl. We're just going to like keep, we're going to, okay, redirect back to what I was saying. There is an episode on nominal Christianity by Women of the Table. And I really, really think um, that episode breaks down a lot of where we were. Um, so you guys should definitely check that out. Um, but I think this is it for our first episode. Our next one will be a little bit different. This one we kind of split up. Mm-hmm. So you could hear a little bit of a hint of what it's going to be like at the end. Because it won't just be like me talking and then Anna talking. Um, we'll be going back and forth um, discussing Bible reading. Um which we're both super passionate about, if you couldn't already tell. <laughs> um, but do you have anything else to say before? I mean, I, I think that's it. Okay, cool. Well, uh, if you want to share any thoughts with us, um, we would love to hear them. You can contact us at a lot of thoughts podcast at gmail.com, or we are on Instagram, and it's our handle is a lot of thoughts podcast. Um, and of course, if you want to 
let us know your thoughts. And if you disagree with us, we would love to talk about it. Um, but we're always going to say this. If you don't have a biblical way to back up what you're saying, it is a little bit harder for us to respond. So um, we highly encourage including all the Bible verses. We will not be annoyed at that. Um, but I think that is it. You think that's it? I think that's it. Woo, <laughs> first one done.